We're here today with Brent with All Seasons Land Care, and we're continuing our podcast episode about his journey in the lawn care business. Welcome to the Lawn Care Frank Podcast, where we help lawn care professionals like yourself start and grow their business by tackling obstacles such as finding customers, hiring talented people, spreading brand awareness, and much, much more. Now your host, Lawn Care Frank. Fast forward to year 15, you know, you've got, uh, tell us like how many crews you have in year 15 compared to the two guys uh, and how your business has changed from, you know, uh, then and now. And tell us what really impacted that. Was it Was it the fact that you started, you know, niching down or was it something else? In year 15, we were doing landscape installation as well as maintenance. And we were struggling, and, and we started to begin, begin to struggle when we couldn't find people that could do masonry work or landscape installation. You know, those, those people were, because um, the, the, the economy was booming and, and the, you know, the, the construction was out there and they were paying a lot more than, you're, you, know, than you can get or you can pay somebody. So anyway, that was... Uh, I was taking up most of the manpower there. And when you realize that, you know, you, you can't personally, you don't know how to go out and, and lay stone. You don't really know how to do a landscape installation. You relied on people or talent that you've hired. I, that is where, uh, you know, that's when I realized that I needed to start making changes and again, concentrate on what I knew how to do. And at that time we were at four crews, you know, so we had, you know, we had one crew that did all the installation and three crews that did mostly maintenance. And so you made that transformation after year 15 where you started niching down or, you know, you're, you were probably no longer doing landscaping, probably uh, maybe subbing that out and uh, kind of niching down. So fast forward to that, uh, whatever year that is, year 16th, 17th or whatever you can tell us. Uh, when you fast forward to that, tell us a little bit about how the business is now. Well, and now we're, I feel like we're a lot more successful. We're more profitable. I'm, I'm not always stressing to try to get um, landscape installs done. They're very hard to scale. So it's, it's really hard to know how much manpower you're supposed to have or keep at all times for to do an install because one install may be a two-man job. The next one may be a 10-man job. So I know it's a little bit of an exaggeration, but you, you catch my point. Um, but now it's you know like I said we're we're much more profitable. Uh, things run a lot easier and smoother. I mean we we you know we just tell people no or we you know we we tell people we, we refer things out to other people and we don't have to worry about it anymore. So now you're back to where you're not doing landscaping and you're not doing some of the other things that uh, people would request. So tell me tell me exactly what you do do now. Now we just focus on mowing, cleaning beds, trimming shrubs, flowers, and mulch. So that that would in, in our industry we call that uh, lawn mowing and maintenance, right? Is that basic lawn maintenance? Basic, basic lawn. lawn maintenance, and it's easy to teach. It's you know anybody can plant a flower, anybody can put down a bag of mulch, anybody can mow a yard, anybody can learn to edge and weed eat. That's great. So that's so you took, and and that's really smart. You didn't have those talents when it came to landscaping or doing the masonry work. So what you did, which is really smart, is you took those things out of the equation because you were kind of, you were tired of relying on other people. And as you said uh, earlier, those are kind of skills that 
our specialty, right? Like you can't just walk down the street and go, hey, uh, you want to do some masonry work for me? Oh, sure. I'd be glad to do some masonry work for you. So those are some of the, some of the key people that are a little bit more difficult to get than somebody that is going to just mow and do maintenance kind of work. Yes. Those, those are talents that take years to craft. I mean, they're, they're, nobody wakes up one day and says, you know what? I want to learn to be a bricklayer. Right. I mean, nobody comes out of college. Nobody comes out of high school and says, I want to be a bricklayer. I want to be a masonry. They do want to, they do come out and say they want to learn how to design and install, but they don't come out and say they want to, you know, I, I just want to go out and plant bushes all day or, you know, put in edging or um, grade work or, or sod work. You know, those things take years to learn how to do. And it's, it's, and if you, if you understand the culture, but you physically don't know how to do it, you know, it's, um, it's challenging, you know, because you can't go out and teach somebody how to do that. I can't show somebody how to lay, lay brick when I personally don't know how to do it. Sure. Or I've never done it. I mean, I'm sure I could do it. We could figure it out, but it would not be very productive. All right. Or right. profitable. Or pretty. It would, it would be pretty. <laughs> if you started doing masonry work? <laughs> yeah, it would just, you know, it'd take me a, a year to probably lay a line of stone, so, or build a footer. Yeah. So, so yeah, you would definitely lose uh, some money on that deal, right? Yeah. Mrs. Jones, I know we quoted you, you know, 2500 but it costs us 25000 And I've learned, and since that, I've actually learned that the customers are fine with that. The, you know, the, they don't mind finding other people. You're going to run into those that are, oh, no, I want one person to do it all. But I, they usually, after they've done that, realize that it's better to have that stuff done individually. That's a good point. So, uh, it, and to elaborate on that point is you don't want to run your business based on that 1%, 2%, or even 5% of people that want somebody to do everything. One of the things that I've always said, and somebody you know uh, in my past had said, hey, you, you should do everything. You should do everything. And I'm like, you know, um, that's, that's not for me. I want to niche down and I want to scale. Because when you do one thing, and you can do it well, you can really scale that business. And uh, there's plenty of businesses out there that are uh, n- not just multi-million, but there are billion-dollar businesses out there. True Green is one of the examples. They do chemical treatments. Their their annual revenue is one point four billion dollars after they bought Scotts. So, and they pretty much do one thing. They stick in what they're good at, you know? Absolutely. You know, in, in fact, uh, a guy who um, who's very successful in, in the Dallas area, he said, don't go in business thinking that you have to do business with everybody. You, you know, so it, it's okay to say, no, I just can't do that. And if you if, if they want to find someone else, that's fine. There's there's so many other people out there. There's so many other customers out there that, that want and need just what you provide. Absolutely. And plumbers don't do electrical work. Electricians don't do plumbing. I mean, the, you know, they're, you know, they're just, they're, our industry has a lot of skilled entities of it. And, you know, you don't have to do everything in it. Absolutely. And there's so many segments in our industry. So maybe you're good at a specific thing, right? So kind of just stick to that. And if you want to expand, you can expand at some point, but you want to have experts in each area. And a good example is Walmart, right? I, I use Walmart as an example. They do everything, but the difference between Walmart and a specialty store is there are 
hundred specialty stores within Walmart. So that's how you got to look at it. They don't they don't do everything by itself. They have specialty items and departments within that building, like the jewelry store, the pet store, the automotive store. So they have you know the managers and the structure and everything in place. So it's really a hundred stores within one. And that and that's correct. And if you want to do those things, wait till you have a huge customer base, and then you bring that in. Then you then you hire that skilled person, and and then start from there. But don't try to build your business with it. Or I I feel like that's where I failed. I feel like that's held my business back. Which, you know, for years, it's just because I felt like I should do it all when I should have just concentrated on what I knew how to do and, and what I could do well. So now the um, tell me like how many years are you into your business where you've not taken on like landscaping and you've really focused in on the lawn maintenance side of the business. So 15 years in, so we're, you know, we're, we've been around 20 years. So after year 15, we, you know, we started scaling that back and moving and getting away from that completely. And now, you know, the, over the last three years, we've been a whole lot more successful, a whole lot more profitable. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's easier to hire people, you know, it's, it's easier to train them to do what we need them to do. And anybody can come in off the street without even knowing how to start a lawnmower and you know with you know within two weeks we can have that person you know sufficient and mowing and um, you know and eventually edging weeding and then they can even you know try to start their own route we ideally I'd like to try to have people you know running their own route within within two to three months you're in year 20 in your business correct yes so let's go back so like let's say three years ago that's really where you started focusing in on just doing the lawn maintenance side of the business so where do you see yourself like in two years now that you have an idea of how you can start scaling because you've niched down? Do you, do you feel like you're going to, you know, exponentially start growing or you think it's going to be at a slow pace still? No, I, I, you know, I think when now that we've, we figured this stuff out, you know, we've got a little bit of uh, tuning to do, but I, I mean, I think we're just going to go leaps and bounds now. I mean, I, I, you know, you say year two, year two, I, I think we should be at a thousand customers, 600 customers, a thousand customers. Um, you know, and then I, I think, you know, we, we need to try to be increasing at 20 or, or 20% or more every year. And just because it, again, it, it's a really easy process once you get everything figured out. That's great. So right now, uh, if you don't mind, if I ask, like, uh, and you can give us a ballpark number as far as customers, you don't have to reveal your exact, you know, numbers, uh, however you feel comfortable with that. Uh, so tell us like, you know, you do weekly mowings, right? Let's say, and you do some bi-weekly and probably some one months or one-offs. So overall, how many customers would you say you have right now? That's weekly, bi-weekly, uh, some one-offs that, you know, they call for shrub work and that kind of thing. So when you say customers, you mean customers or some customers have multiple properties. So how many, how many doors am I going to or, or how many customers do I have? That's a good point. So uh, that's a really good point. So you have some customers that might have seven or eight, you know, properties. So how many properties would you say that you uh, maintain? We service 300 properties a week. Wow. Okay. And some of those properties, uh, are there additional properties that you do bi-weekly or is that like the sum of it? That's the sum of it. Uh, there are some bi-weeklies in there as well as some weeklies. And then there's some of those, and out of those 300 properties, some of them are huge. You know, some of them could make up the size of 10 properties in a day, you know, so, but 
but we service 300 properties or 300 doors a week. I got you. So 300, 300 properties per week. Yes. That's, that's awesome. So, um, tell me a little bit about, uh, and we're going to kind of get granular. Uh, tell me a little bit about your feelings, uh, about weekly versus biweekly. And what would you say your ratio is now compared to, you know, two years ago or three years ago? Are you getting more biweeklies or are you turning away biweeklies? Just kind of give me your thoughts on that. At this, at this time, we're turning away biweeklies. We usually start taking on biweeklies in, uh, mid or at, at the first of August. You know, it's really st- starts to slow down and people are going to start, you know, wanting to go to every other week anyway. So it, it's okay to take those on. But this year I, I decided that, you know, beginning, uh, we don't take any biweeklies, March 1. You know, from March one till until August one, we 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 just don't do any biweekly yards. We don't take them on, and we didn't. Then we take them on again, like I said, at the first of August, and we're going to try to convert them next year in March. Okay. Do you have a reason why you don't like biweeklies? Is it um, anything in particular? If they're a scheduling nightmare, um, if they call and they want to skip, they want to skip to the next week. You know, if you have to be really careful not to let your routes get lopsided. You know, if, you know, let's say you have, um, you know, you have 10, you know, you're doing 20 yards in that day and you have 10 bi-weekly and you have 10 weekly. And then you have five of those bi-weeklies call you and want to go skip to next week. So now that means next week you got 25 and, and now you got 15 and 25. Um, and so now you're, you know, now it's hard to scale that. It, you know, the, the guys don't want to work that much longer. You know, it, it, so when they do call, you really have to tell them, no, I'm sorry. You know, we, we can skip you this week, but we're going to have to skip you until your next service date. Wow. And then we're going to have to charge you, if, you know, $45 per man per hour to clean that back up. Other, other than that, or that, or you just let your routes get lopsided. Are you, are you reschedule it and you schedule it again? And it, again, it just, they're just, they are a scheduling nightmare and they want you to come out there and mow the stuff for, uh, they always want you to come out and mow it really low for them. <laughs> That's my favorite. Can you please, hey, can you mow it shorter so that, you know, I can get the most out of that mowing? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have to see for a month next right, time. Right. But, you know, I'm glad you really pointed that out because a lot of people don't think about that, how your route can get lopsided. Because most people think, okay, so, you know, a week, a weekly mowing, if they skip, yeah, you pick them up next week, right? That's, that's okay. It's not, right. lop, it's not lopsided because you were going to mow them anyway. Correct. But when it's bi-weekly, you know, where you're mowing a customer every two weeks and they say, hey, skip me, you have either a scheduling nightmare where you skip them one week, right? And you have a lopsided schedule or they tell you, Hey, skip me two weeks. Now you haven't been to that property for a month. Now you're going up to that property and you are basically walking up to a jungle. I don't know who does your maintenance of your equipment, but uh, does that affect equipment too? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's extremely hard on equipment. Yeah, that's why you have to charge more because you're going to abuse and you're going to damage and you're going to wear out the blades a lot faster. You're going to wear out the mowers a lot faster. You know, it's always hard on equipment when you're when you're mowing excessive grass. And of course, they want it at the same price, right? They always do, right? Whether, of course. Whether you know they uh, they they mess up your schedule because it's lopsided or whether they haven't mowed for a month, they obviously want it for the same price because they think it's the same thing, right? When in reality, it not only is it uh, bad for your equipment, 
but it also takes your employees a little bit longer because maybe they have to double mow it, right? So now if you are charging the same amount, you're really cutting down on your profit. So uh, I'm glad you pointed that out. I'm glad that you, uh, especially the about the lopsidedness of the schedule, mm-hmm. because most people don't know. And I, I don't know if you've ever run run into this or not, but I, I when I was doing mowing, I, I would have people ask me, "Can you do it every ten days?" <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite one. <laughs> Tell us what's your experience with that. <laughs> no, <laughs> just no. Well, again, it, it falls back to the scheduling nightmare. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, yeah, you just can't do that. It's 7, 14, or 21, but, you know, when you go to 14 or 21, you're going to pay more. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so to some of our listeners that are just brand new into the lawn care business, right, uh, elaborate on why 10 days just doesn't work. And it doesn't click until somebody tells you why 10 days doesn't work. Because if you mow them Tuesday this week, you know, it'll be, um, what, Sunday the following or Friday the, you know, two weeks down the road. And, you know, you can't schedule efficiently because, again, it goes back to your schedule will be lopsided if you allow people to try to do a 10 day or, you know, come out every 12 day or, you know, it's you have to stick with seven or 14. And I guess in some sense, you know, but 21, but it has to be in seven days. It has to be seven day increments. You cannot go ten days. You cannot go three days, five days. Now you come out twice a week for them if they, if they like, but yeah, for sure. Yeah, but you cannot go. You know, you cannot go ten days. You, yeah, it has to be. It has to be seven days. Do you have any customers that that uh, want you to come out a couple times a week? I have in the past, but it's not it's not that often that you run across that. There, they're usually a really high-end client, or they really need their property to look perfect at all times. Maybe they're um, Maybe they're a business that, you know, that, you know, their appearance, their curb appeal is really important, you know, to their client base. Um, you know, again, we've, we, we have run into that, but it's not something you see very often. So tell us a little bit about what you would tell the Brant, knowing what you know right now, right? Mm-hmm. And if Brant was starting his lawn care business today. I'll tell you what I would do. It doesn't mean it would work for you, but I would have bought better equipment right off the bat. I would have, you know, I wouldn't have tried to cheap out on my equipment unless you're working with a budget that only allows you to do that. Um, I would have lived in a shoebox and and drove a junk vehicle for as long as possible to try to, you know, to save as much money as possible to, to keep reinvesting in my business. I would have not done landscaping. I would have just stayed with maintenance. I wish, you know, looking back, that has held me back so much over the years. I would have just focused on what I knew how to do, easier to scale. You know, I would have probably got an office person a lot sooner than I did. Uh, you know, I think that's a, that's a that's a, a, a you know, if you don't have an answering service, you, know, or you may have to start off with an answering service, which I highly recommend that you have somebody answer your phone, rather be an answering service or. A, but I, that's that's probably the, the, one of the most important things to get and budget for is somebody to answer your phones for you. Great, great. So. Uh, Real quick, you, you said something, you said uh, that you would buy better equipment. Uh, give us a comparison. What, what does that mean as far as uh, you wouldn't have bought used or you would have bought commercial versus residential? You would have bought a trailer or what, what would you have done differently? I would not have bought anything used, especially starting out. You don't have time to be working on that crap out there. You, you know, you're, you, you need to be moving, you know, your production is key. So I would have bought equipment that would help me be more efficient 
and more productive and would do a better job. You know, so no, I would not have bought anything used. I would have bought commercial. I would have bought, you know, I would have in the middle of the road, best I could buy or afford at the time commercial equipment. That that's good. That's important that our our listeners hear that that it's what you can afford, right? So uh, if you can afford, you know, the commercial, get the commercial. If you can't afford the commercial, then obviously a residential mower will just do fine. The important thing is getting the customers and getting that money coming in. Then you can upgrade at a later time. But to your point, you definitely don't want to have downtime, right? So you don't want to go, uh, if you have the money, you don't want to go get the cheapest mower that has three wheels, right? Right. And the fourth wheel is about to fall off. So uh, that's a really good point. Um, so in closing, uh, do you have anything else that you'd like to share or? Oh, we can touch on this bi-weeklies for a second. If you, you know, if, and if you bi-weeklies are okay, they're not, they're not terrible. Um, but I would definitely would charge if you, if you charge $30 a yard, I would charge 45. I would increase it by 50, by 50%. But other than that, I think that's about it. Great. Well, it was a pleasure having you on our podcast today. And again, this is Brent with All Seasons Land Care here in the DFW, Texas area. I hope everyone has a great day and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Lawn Care Frank podcast. Please subscribe and visit LawnCareFrank.com for more helpful tips and information.